The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash gelati lol. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash gelati lol. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. Good evening, everybody. It is currently Saturday at about 6.50 p.m. Eastern. Um, we have the last game of the LCS going right now. I'm just going to quick be doing a recap of this morning's LEC slate or afternoon's LEC slate, and I'll cover the first three games in the LCS, but obviously the one that's happening now, maybe I'll do like a live track along if we get to it. <laughs> First up, we had Heretics against SK Gaming. Uh, we ended up picking up the SK Gaming Moneyline win with a comeback win. SK uh, got absolutely obliterated in game one. Um, game two was done and dusted pretty early on, but because they had Callista Talia as their carry combo, they had a really, really tough time actually hitting towers and sieging this game to end this game with the Azir and Varus on the other side. They had like a 10k gold lead. They ended up getting Infernal Solved. They still had a really, really hard time to close this out. A little bit sloppy at times, actually getting picked off in the side lane to kind of stave off the, the siege. X-Kick got picked off in mid in hip siege. Um... Far from perfect, but they did end up getting it across the finish line. It was it was getting a little bit hairy there for a second because uh, the scaling on Heretics was very strong, so they could have lost this. Um, but they ultimately did the right thing and made a pick with um, with the uh, Talia Wall. Ended up picking off somebody I forget who it was for Heretics and uh, ending the game off of that. Game three was pretty lopsided. Um, Isma just went completely ham on the poppy jungle like really really disrupted Yankos early had a bit of a brain fart or like overstaying toward red buff after after messing around but really just disrupted the flow of the game and kind of threw everybody off in this one um irrelevant busted out the malfight against gnar uh that's a matchup i think a lot of people don't realize this but it, normally in ranged melee matchups like that it's advantageous it's part of why gnar is good but malfight's actually very very difficult for him to deal with because Especially once he gets six, you can actually like he has the Q for harass and you can out trade him. And once you hit ultimate, you can just ult him when he's in Mininar and not close to Mega, and you can actually just kill him or force him out of lane. So it also lets you start fights like on your terms. So you can just like Malphite ult before they get Meganar. And it I actually loved the the Malphite pick here. I don't Malphite tends to be overgeneralized in a way that like people are like, oh, why don't you just pick some hard engage with Malphite? And it's not always good. But when you have a team that wants to start everything on their own terms and you bring the fight to them, it can be excellent, and it was great here. SK picked up the 2-1 win. Uh, we split on our Dragon Props, lost the VIG on that. Um, the second match was Mad Lions Giant X. We played a double stake on Mad Lions uh, Moneyline. Uh, really double stake on the whole series, so, uh, and that cashed for us. Uh, really, just this wasn't even close. Like Mad Lions almost had a perfect game in the first game. Uh, they gave up a couple towers to just, like, desperation split pushing and praying from Giant X. But other than that, they had a 15-0 clean sweep win in 23 minutes. This was a complete domination. Um, and this was with a Gwen in the top lane, too. It wasn't like they had, like, some early game top laner. Uh, the second game, honestly, wasn't that much different. Just took a couple minutes longer. Uh, you know, not much else to say about this series. Matter a little bit green, but they are a fierce, fierce team. They're ridiculously confident. They have creative drafts. And, um, you know, they're going to make their mistakes, but they're also going to have these showings like this where they just completely blast someone. And 
I had a feeling that they were going to punish early, and they did in this game, and that's what ended up happening. So this was a nice win for us. Uh, we've been generally struggling in the LEC. Well, I've been generally struggling in the LEC, and this was a good one to get home. Uh, moving on to the LCS, uh, we had the first three games are in the books. They're currently, we are... Looks like 17 minutes into Shopify versus FlyQuest, and of course Shopify are up five nothing right now, and up about up about 4,200 gold. I this team is getting comical at this point. Like I just <laughs> every time I I went to bat for this team over and over and over and over, and they lost every time I went to bat for them. And then the last two times I haven't gone to bat for them, they've, they've just completely stomped their game. So, uh, whatever. Sometimes you get this with teams like this. You just never, you can never like land on the right side. It feels like it's like a perfect parlay against you. But anyway, we'll touch on this in a minute. It looks like so, they're up 7 nothing Now they're going to win this game more than likely. So um, Wukong Jungle from Boogie, which is interesting. Uh, another Smolder appearance too from FlyQuest this time. Um, first game we had today was the, the one I had the biggest stake on, which was Energy versus Cloud9. This game stayed within about a 2K gold range for about you know 25 minutes, which is a pattern that we're starting to see a lot across the globe, especially in the Western leagues. And then usually it's like one fight happens that blows the game open, and then one team will usually end off of that. It's got kind of big time, I think it was like season seven vibes, where it's just like, you know, stalemate, 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 stalemate. Somebody makes the big mistake and wins, and, and the other team wins, and that's the end of it. But very different look from Cloud9 here. Um, they are usually like an up-tempo look. I kind of wonder if the coaching staff just wanted to simplify things this week, and this was their solution to that. Told them to slow down, not bury themselves early, and just be a better team later. That's what ended up happening here. I mean, really, this could have gone either way. Both teams had really, really good scaling. Uh, I've, you know, C9 just didn't make uh, – Energy just made the big mistake, and that was the end of it. Uh, we had Immortals Dignitas. Um this was the first smolder that we got to see. Uh, Tomo busted it out, did a lot of work in this game. We're, we're almost definitely going to be seeing this. The LCS, again, is playing on the current live patch. So they're on 14-3 right now. This champion's very, very strong in the late game, but it does take a little bit of like time to get going. And I think in the tanky meta that we're going to have, it does percentage health damage. It's a good crit champion. A good, It's a good crit carry. We haven't had a lot of those recently, so... You know, I, th I think we're going to end up seeing this champion, it, particularly in the western regions. Maybe not in the east where the games tend to go a little faster, but uh, I say that, but the LPL has been pretty slow. I think we'll probably see this a lot in the LCS and LPL, maybe in the LEC as well. And in the LCK, maybe for the bottom teams, but I'm not sure if the top teams are going to mess with it or not yet. We'll see. Um, but it's very, very good. It scales very, very well. It's very powerful. Um, we saw the attack speed Zeri in this game too. Uh just did not do enough damage, but I think that's another thing that we're going to be seeing mixed into the AD carry pool, which is getting mixed up a little bit. Um, I think Dove and Tomo kind of just carried this game. Dove Dove had like the game-winning play with a huge uh, Silas stolen ult to win the game before the Baron, or I think it was the second Baron. I forget it was the second or first Baron, but it's like 29, 30 minutes into the game, and that was like that. That was like what ultimately turned the tides in this one and got and and got them the big edge, and that's where they turned the corner and. This game was a little bit sloppy, very very chippy, but they did get the uh, they did get it home. Next up, we had Hundred Thieves against Liquid. Um, the broadcast was talking about. I mentioned it in the Discord, but we had kind of a Tom Brady esque moment here with Impact going up against Sniper for the second time this season. Um, Impact's been a professional player since Sniper is like five years old, which I just find kind of hilarious. 
you know, there's been other moments like this across the pro scene, but it's always fun to see these kind of cool matchups like, you know, Grizzled Veteran against, you know, the new Young Guns. This was a super scrappy game. There was like more than a kill per minute through the first 20 or so minutes. Liquid kept inching out small advantages out of all these fights and was looking like maybe they would turn the corner in this game. Um, they played Tarek. Uh, I've been kind of waiting to see Tarek with Callista. Uh, we've seen a ton of Callista, but he's just too weak against the like all the range supports that we're seeing. And you can really only pick him in melee matchups because his lane phase is super weak. But they were against Alistair, who also has a pretty weak lane phase, especially at level 1. So this was a great pick. Um, 100 Thieves had a super telegraphed com uh, engaged composition with Vi and Alistair. And I thought it was a great spot. You just see Vi press ultimate, Tarek presses ultimate, and you just hard counter the engage. And I really like this draft from Liquid. I thought they were going to win this game. Um, really... This game, it, it was starting to look like they were taking control of it. They didn't have, like, a huge lead or anything like that. But, you know, 100 Thieves, at one point, there was, like, a fight in mid lane. It was, like, a two... I think it was, like, a two-for-one. Maybe it was two-for-two. Two, I forget. Um, and the 100 Thieves just, like, straight up went to Baron with three people because Liquid moved down toward Dragon. Um, River... Who was it? Somebody actually died to the Baron. I think Sniper actually died to the Baron. <laughs> And River was like one auto attack from dying to the Baron, but they actually got it. Liquid saw Sniper die to the Baron, was like, wait, what's going on? Went over there, but they were too late. Just a really, really, really cool call. Um, this was around the 22-minute mark if you want to like skip to in the VODs. But um, kind of just threw Liquid off. I liked the call to mix some variants into the game. They didn't think their comp was going to be great late, so they were like, you know, fuck it, send it. Introduce some variants to this. It was kind of like... Kind of like doing like a fake punt or an onside kick or something like that. Uh, weird Hail Mary, but it worked. Um, you know, 100 Thieves won a huge team fight after Liquid got the Ocean Soul at that dragon. Like the, that dragon fight where they got the Ocean Soul and they had a, they had Cassante Sejuani. You know, it's really tough to get through that, but they ended up out team fighting it just because they, they, they were a lot more coordinated in this game. Um, and they were winning, you know, that, that that gave them a huge edge to kind of set up for the next Baron or, you know, reset and do waves how they wanted to. I, at this point, I kind of thought they were probably still going to lose this game just because, like, the huge front line and the scaling advantage for Liquid was going to come into play. Uh, and the Tarek would end up mattering a lot. Tarek plus Ocean Soul and two tanks is just miserable to get through. But, you know, there was, a, there was like, a dance in mid lane while they were fighting for priority couple minutes after all this and i thought that you know the comp difference plus ocean soul being a very very good role for liquid would be enough but uh quid managed to pick off apa in that mid lane dance i was just mentioning and um they ended up winning the game off of it and you know i i really really don't want to keep dogging on him like i hate i hate dunking on guys because these are professional players and this is their livelihood and everything but like he's so clearly a liability that i'm honestly a little surprised that they haven't looked to make a change I mean, maybe they have been looking to make a change behind the scenes and we just don't know, but I mean, it was, I, I don't want to, it, it was a great pick by Quid. That like, It was a really, really good pick off. You landed the, the knockback and that was the end of it. But that's like what, like five games now that APAs cost Liquid and he almost cost them another one. And we're like four weeks into the season. Like that he's, he's gotta be better. Like and I know he's the weak link on this team. I'm positive he knows that he's the weak link on this team. But, like, they, they got to find some kind of solution to this because he hasn't been able to adjust his pool at all. He's very limited. 
He makes a lot of errors, in, especially in the mid and late game when it matters. Like They, they just lost this game off that pick. It's kind of a bummer. Um, FlyQuest Spotify currently happening. Looks like Spotify are just steamrolling this game, and yeah, this is over. Um, it's not literally over yet, but we're 25 minutes in and this game's over, so it looks like Spotify are actually going to get there. Of course, I couldn't talk myself into playing them at the huge number. I had the whole like not-to-be-trusted bit yesterday on the show and you know sure enough that's where we are uh, with liquid and FlyQuest. so anyway that's the recap for um saturday uh moving into the games for sunday so first up lec for sunday we have our first best of five of the 2024 season between two of the best teams in the lec we got a really good best of five to start with here we have g2 esports minus 342 on the money line minus 1.5 maps at minus 128 the 3-0 sweep is at plus 264. Against Team BDS, plus 264 on the money line. The plus 1.5 maps at plus 105. The minus 1.5 maps for uh, BDS is at plus 557. And the BDS 3-0 sweep is at plus 1479. So, really, you could make a case here that this is the best possible best of five that we could have gotten for our first one for the season. And... Um, I'm, it's just an absolutely fascinating matchup here. Um, straight up, the the models made G2 very, very short favorites, both of them. Um, slight deviation in pros, like a 20-cent difference between the, the correlated and the OG model. Um, this is a really, really interesting handicap because going like all season long in the LEC, I talked about looking like we just waiting and being patient and finding a time to, to go against BDS. And I was waiting for best of series to do that. But at the same time, they've also advanced and they've, they've progressed and they've improved and their agnostic economy has gotten better. They've done a lot better playing standard straight up compositions. That said, BDS haven't really been tested in They've had like two games where they've been tested whatsoever since G2 in week one. And, you know, uh, we, we talked about the regular season dynamic. And, and you know, for those that missed out on this or are just tuning into the podcast recently, um, the dynamic I'm talking about is that BDS rely a lot on Adam to get them ahead. And a lot of a lot of that depends on his cheese picks, like his, his unique champion pool in the top lane. During the regular season... You have to treat BDS kind of like college teams treat the uh, the military academies, like the triple option offenses and the the weird, unique stuff that um, is really weird to prepare for. And I think in the LCS, you see this kind of dynamic when you see teams like this, or in the LCS or the LEC, in best of one leagues, you see this dynamic come in once in a while where if you have a team that's really, really weird, in a best-of-one regular season situation, teams just don't spend the preparation time to prepare for that. And it's like it's literally not worth their practice time to try to figure out like an idea or a way to draft around it in best-of-ones because it's only one of their two or three matches for the week. And they kind of just prepare more generally uh, against the field, like just general compositions or compositions specific to them, not against specific teams usually. Uh, you see a lot more of that in the, the – um, particularly in the LCK because the LPL kind of just, all the teams kind of just do what they're good at and they kind of dance in their little corner of the party. The reason I bring this up is because when you're in a best of three or best of five and the team has the entire week to prepare for you, they can more appropriately set up drafts. They can um, have a game plan against you. They're not just preparing a generic game plan. And this is why we see the dynamic of teams that are one-dimensional struggle 
in playoff settings more often than not. So I think in this specific matchup, you have to give kind of a qualitative bump to G2, um, not just because of this draft dynamic like with BDS, but because G2 are very experienced. They're an incredibly versatile team. They have all the weapons in their arsenal. And in the case of BDS, you have to give them a slight qualitative downgrade, even though they've been playing better like in generic situations as well. I do think it takes away a big part of their edge, like what makes them good if teams can prepare for stuff like this. So if you take like your your model projection, right, I think you can I think it's safe to manually adjust down a certain percentage for BDS and manually adjust up a certain percentage for G2. The thing is, this is priced like like even if I do that, even if I'm generous on both sides and I weigh downgrade BDS and weigh upgrade G2, I really can't get to like much more than like a minus 200, minus 225 kind of price on this. And it's priced at minus 342 and plus 264. Like I, I just can't get there. Like it should it should speak volumes to you that I've been the guy that's been waiting for this exact opportunity to fade BDS and I can't do it. I have to back them here. This price is just too good. Um, you know, I, I don't think I think this team is eventually gonna have their their reckoning moment, but this price is too good to pass up on. And like I said, it should speak volumes that I've been looking for a spot to fade them and I just can't I can't bring myself to do it here. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be competitive in this series. You know, G two have shown warts. What I will say that's working in G two's favor is that they you know, they are BDS don't tend to start games that quickly. And, you know, G2's weak like if you want to pick out one weakness that G two have had this season, it's that their early games for like the first half of the year were kind of struggling. They've since remedied a lot of that. But, you know, if that's like the one flaw you want to point to, then I think there's a case to be made for like backing G two. But you have to be extraordinarily bullish to do that. And even if you are, I think this number is just too rich. So like, do yourself a favor. Like, just don't back G2 here. Like, don't pay this price to back G2. Like, the, the better thing to do is just pass. Like, even if you're super bullish on G2, this is an absurd price for what we've seen from these two teams so far this season. I think G2 are going to win. I think they're the better team, ultimately. I think they're more versatile. I think they're experienced. I think that's all going to come into effect here. But this is way, way too big a price. So I actually played BDS plus 1.5 maps at plus 105 for one unit. BDS on the money line, plus 264 for half a unit. BDS uh, minus 1.5 mass, plus 557 for 0.1 units. And BDS to sweep at plus 1479 for 0.1 units as well. As far as derivative markets for this go, um, it's interesting. Usually when you get matchups with good teams, uh, the, the general take from most people is that you're going to get longer, more competitive games. But what ends up bearing out most of the time in most matchups is that because the teams are good, they're just better at closing games, including against good teams. So you end up getting this dynamic where people think it's going to be over. It's it's the same thing you see in like professional sports where, I mean, we got the Super Bowl coming up tomorrow. Where it's like everybody wants to bet overs on everything. But, you know, when you have like defenses and coaches that are competent and they're trying to, you know, eat the clock and stuff like that, more often than not you get unders after the prices get you know pushed up all the way so usually in league the the way to play these things is to play like if you're going to lean in neutrals or anything like that or, or time totals you play the unders in good team matchups because the prices get inflated because it's a competitive matchup but in this specific case i have a feeling that we're just going to get at least a couple of kind of slobber knocker type games here 
and I actually went a little contrarian to what I usually do in these spots, and I played the over 1.5 Barons at plus 132 on the first three maps. So maps 1, 2, and 3, over 1.5 Barons at plus 132 for one unit each. I just think we're going to get like a couple longer games. You're really you're hoping to get two of them home here. Uh, if any of them are going to lose, I would guess it's probably the first one because usually in a best of five, one team will try something unique, uh, throw a curveball early, uh, or try an experiment in the draft, like leaving a ban open or like leaving something that's normally banned open to see how the other team adjusts to it, stuff like that. And sometimes the first game can be lopsided. So, you know, if you want to get more granular, maybe play this on just maps two and three, but I'm going to play the first three and hope to hit two of these. Um, you know, I think it's probably safer to play it on two and three and just hope to hit one and you collect the 32 cents or whatever it is. So, um, that's what I'm doing for this the LEC match. This is an absolute banger. We got we got gifted a really really good interesting matchup for tomorrow in the first best of five of 2024 in any of the leagues. Moving on to the LCS for Sunday, um, I'm doing this without having input the games, but uh, now that we know the results and everything, we have at least some context here. Uh, the first match we have tomorrow is Cloud Nine minus 267 on the money line against Hundred Thieves plus 212. You know, Cloud Nine look kind of content to slow the game down and kind of play the same game everyone else is playing, which is, you know, not where they really want to be. This is a team that loves being a tempo team, but part of being a good team and an elite team is being able to do everything and to be versatile and flexible. And Cloud9 are showing that, you know, in order to settle things down and take advantage of their best pieces, they just have to kind of do this lame thing now, even though they don't want to. This is a little bit risky in a, in a situation where I think teams are kind of slowing games down. And it looks like Cloud9 are maybe trying to do that to simplify things. But I'm going to lay the Cloud9 alt kill spread minus 7.5 kills at plus 104. I'm going to 1.5x stake this. This is a really, really aggressive play. I got burned playing these last week. But, you know, I, it's a good chance to sell 100 Thieves coming off of an upset win. And I think Cloud9 probably righted the ship. I think what we saw last week is more than likely an aberration. Energy are a significantly better team than 100 Thieves. You know, this was probably 100 Thieves' best game of the season yesterday, like that we just saw like two hours ago, and they still probably should have lost that game. So, uh, you know, as fun as they are to watch, I still don't think they're a very good team, and I think Cloud9 are kind of getting back on the right path here. You know, I mentioned earlier there might be an angle to be playing. Like if Cloud9 are, are going to be intentionally like slowing things down, maybe time total overs are a look. Um, I'm actually going to do that here. I, there, you know, there's a chance this ends up losing and they just stomp, but I'm kind of covering myself here with this, uh, with the kill spread. Hopefully we get both home, but, um, I actually like the time total over 30.5 minutes. So it's like 30 minutes, 30 seconds, uh, to the under at minus 120. There's only a few shops floating this. You have to go to like Betaline line, Bovada, um, 365 if you're in Europe, but you have to, you know, pay a lot of juice for it. Plus, I wouldn't play there if I, you know, I wouldn't play there with your money. <laughs> it will shut you down very quickly. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a half to win a half unit on the under 30 minutes and 30 seconds at minus 120 for 0.6 units as well. Uh, basically, the idea here is that Cloud9 are slowing things down. Next up, we have Dignitas or no Energy minus 239 on the money line against Dignitas plus 192. Uh, models made this slightly overpriced for energy. Uh, the market price slightly overpriced, so models made it like minus 200 plus 162 fair. Um, I'm going to play Dignitas here. Uh, 
mostly on the kill spread, which I like quite a bit. I played the plus 7.5 kills at minus 125 for one unit, and I put a sprinkle on the money line, uh, 0.2 units at Dignitas money line, plus 192. I also played Dignitas first blood, minus 105 for 0.525 units. That's to win a half unit. I don't usually play a lot of first blood props this early in the season because the data set's super small. But um, and Dignitas have made it a point to get games going early, and you can see that intentionality in their drafts. Energy, it's been kind of a mixed bag. Sometimes they're content to scale, other times they also want to get the ball started early, but, uh, get the ball rolling early. But we're looking at a matchup here where it's a sub 40% first blood rate for Energy and 60 plus for um, Dignitas. So I'm going to take a shot on the minus 105 here. Don't I usually let's get plus money with big dogs in these kind of spots, but. I think this is a big enough edge on this that, you know, I'm going to take a shot for a half unit. Again, this is a super volatile market. They're, the edges on first blood are small unless you're playing really, really big underdogs and they're a team that gets started early. Shout out Rogue Warriors. But uh, I think this is this is an interesting one. I think this is the first first blood bet I've placed this season. A reasonable case for alternate kill total overs here too. If this game gets real chippy, these two teams are definitely willing to mix it up early. I could see this getting real, real sloppy early, kill per minute kind of thing going on. Um that said, like the the totals are priced pretty appropriately. It's like a twenty five and a half juiced way over or heavily juiced over. So um, I'm not going to play anything. If you are going to play that, maybe look at alts instead. But just the side and the first blood for me. Next up, we have Team Liquid minus one seventy seven on the money line against Shopify Rebellion plus one forty five on the money line. Um, Shopify definitely on my shit list. Uh, they just stomped again. They're the team that I just can't get a grip on. I I'm, I always I went to bat for them and they kept losing. And now that I've not, you know, I've chickened out essentially, they've won every game that I've not backed them. So, you know, every once in a while you're going to get one of those teams. It doesn't matter what sport you're handicapping, but they do come up. I played the over 1.5 Barons at plus 142 for one unit in this one. Uh, so there actually hasn't been that many games going to the second Baron in the LCS. The games have been long, but not going to second Barons very often. I think it was like less than 20% of games. So I'm actually going against like all the trends, all the models and everything here. The reason I'm saying this is because Liquid have this tendency to get ahead and just like throw games. And I, at this point, I think I wrote in the um, in the Patreon article that like at this point, I think it's just in their DNA. Um, not that they had a massive lead yesterday or anything like that, but like it doesn't seem to matter what iteration, what players are in the lineup. It's like something they just I don't know if it's the way they're coached. They've had different coaching staffs now. Like there's just something in the DNA of this team where they throw games and they just don't know how to close. Um, I just have a feeling this one's going to be going a little bit longer than people think. And if Shopify can keep showing strong early games like they've been showing, I have a feeling like they could jump out and it's going to take like a longer, more, you know, drawn out game to get this over with. I also just think that's a really big price. We don't see that very often with games that are lined this closely together. Um, another, this is another game where, um, you know, I should probably, for sides anyway, I should probably sit out from Shopify games for a while because of what I mentioned earlier. I just can't seem to get them right. If I back Shopify here, they'll probably win, right? Or they'll probably lose, right? Because <laughs> that's how this works. Anyway, I'm just... <laughs> um, this is just another case of, like, you know, big favorites are not to be trusted. You know, that's the meme from yesterday. I'm going to run with it. Maybe it's just going to be a shtick here. But in the LCS, unless it's a blue-chip team like Cloud9... Big favorites are simply not to be trusted, period. It's best of ones. There's a lot of parity in this league. They've condensed all the talent onto eight teams. I think it's going to be a lot more competitive. This is dog or pass. It's just a question of whether or not you think you're getting a good enough price on um, Shopify. Uh, I think this is probably about right. 
you know, if, you know, the model disagrees with me, but again, the model is always going to have trouble quantifying liquids ability to throw games. So you have to, you know, take a, take that with a grain of salt. So I played the over 1.5 barons at plus 142 and I would lean to the Shopify side of things, but I didn't end up playing a side in this one. So we have immortals plus 185 on the money line against FlyQuest minus 230 on the money line. FlyQuest got absolutely walloped by Shopify. I did not have a chance to watch this game. It was happening as I was recording this, but, um, I think uh, there's there might be something there. It could have just been a weird game. Again, I haven't had time to review it, so you know I'm not I'm not really this, it's it's not really changing the handicap I have on this game too much uh, after having seen that. But you know there's a decent chance this ends up looking like a really cheap price for FlyQuest by you know when it's all said and done, like toward the end of the season. But in the right here and right now, are you really going to justify laying this bigger price with anybody that's not Cloud Nine? I mean, hell, even Cloud Nine have been a shaky favorite this season. Like, can, can you really justify this? Like, Immortals have a pulse. They're not great, but they have a pulse. And like I said, like there's all the talents condensed to eight teams. There's a lot more parity now. Uh, there's no true dumpster fire teams yet. Like, there's a chance that that calcifies and we get one or two of them. But, you know, and Immortals are right in that, right on that borderline. Like, it's possible that they are. But, you know, until they, until these big favorites prove that they can consistently beat these teams, like, there's, uh, there's just no way I'm laying the price with these big favorites. Um, I have a feeling FlyQuest, after getting blown out early yesterday or today, it was like two hours ago. Really wasn't. It was like an hour ago. I just started recording this. Um, after getting blown out, you sometimes see teams be overly conservative, especially big favorites against uh, what are perceived as bad teams. So I'm going to play the over 4.5 Dragons at minus 120 for one unit. I have a feeling, like, this is a dogger pass situation. I would lean to the Immortals kill spread, but... I have a feeling FlyQuest will win this game, but they're going to be a lot slower and more methodical about it. Something else that's interesting, uh, Immortals have gone to 5-plus Dragons in more than 60% of their games despite having the worst early game in the LCS. So it kind of speaks to the league in general outside of like the, the teams like Cloud9 that have shown good tempo looks, and they're kind of getting away from that too. If the whole game right now is... Even game, even game, even game for 25 minutes in most games, and then somebody wins a team fight and then wins the game off of it. Even if it's not right then and there, they end up, you know, having to draw the game out. That's where they blow the big lead out. If that's going to be the case, then we're going to get a lot more longer games until proven otherwise. So, you know, the the time total for this match is priced like 33 and a half, if I remember correctly. I'm going to quick pull that up before I am talking out of my ass here, but let's see. Oh, never mind. It's 31 and a half. I had this wrong. But yeah, either way, I'm playing the dragon total over. You can play a time total over too if you want. But we had a weird loss on one of these dragon totals today where it lost, but we had a 34-minute game. There's there's more than four dragons in 34-minute games in like 96% of the outcomes uh, past that time total. So that was a bit of a weird outlier. But um, I'm going to play the over here. This is, again, going against the models. I just think FlyQuest are going to slow things down. I think Immortals have shown that they're able to even with a deficit, keep things close in the mid-game and late-game, and I think we get a longer, more drawn-out game here. So over 4.5 Dragons, minus 120, one unit. It's going to be it for me today. I will see you guys tomorrow, and I hope everyone enjoys the Super Bowl. You know what? Let's let's pick out a Super Bowl pick here. I played a whole bunch of random stuff on this. I know um, just the celebration, right? The Super Bowl is just a fun thing. Everybody does. Uh, obviously, most efficient market. 
there is. It's the most liquid market on any professional sporting event that there is. Don't try to don't try to say that there's a wrong side in this one. The price is what it is for a reason. All the influential money is as spoken. Um, I would play Chiefs first quarter plus a half at minus one fifty or better, and for like a fun prop uh, for the game, you could do. I think Superbook and a couple other places had Purdy rushing yards over. That's a really popular one, but I'm gonna play Purdy first rush over three and a half yards at plus 100 and a fun novelty prop. Let's see what we can find here. Uh, we could do, let's do Gator, <laughs> Gatorade color. Let me pull Gatorade color up real fast here. Let's see if I can find Gatorade color. If anyone's got it up, I'm sure somebody does. I didn't actually open this up. I just kind of thought of this during my sign off here. Um, I can't find it. God damn it. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Gatorade color. Let's go. Um, let's go yellow or yellow lime or green at plus 650 for the Gatorade color. And then, um, obviously I'm going heads on the coin flip as well. That's going to be it for me, folks. Everybody have a good time tomorrow. I will be recording a podcast tomorrow afternoon for the Monday morning LEC slate, but it will probably be a shorter one. And hopefully I will be, uh, able to get that out at a reasonable time uh, once we know that we already know the matchup so i'll try to actually get that out in the morning once i get a chance everybody have a good time i will see you tomorrow this film is called girls are not to be trusted